went to the side of the retreat in the Himalayas. It was literally a, a Buddhist temple on top of a mountain. Came back from that and quit my job a week later to do Unplugged. Welcome back to 40 Minute Mentor, the podcast on a mission to raise aspirations and inspire the next generation of category-defining founders. From purpose-led entrepreneurs to Olympic champions, you'll learn firsthand from today's successful leaders on what it takes to be brilliant, all in just 40 minutes. Today, we're kicking off a brand new 40 Minute Mentor feature all about well-being. Over the next four weeks, we're joined by experts in the fields of physical, mental, emotional, and financial well-being. In our first installment, we're joined by Hector Hughes, the co-founder of Unplugged, who offer digital detoxes in off-grid cabins for busy people to switch off. Unplugged has quickly become hugely popular, not only with individuals, but also businesses who now include the experiences as part of their employee well-being offerings. I'm really excited to chat to Hector and find out all about his journey with Unplugged, the benefits of a digital detox and his plans for the future. So Hector, welcome to 40 Minute Mentor. How are things? James, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, great to be here. All is is well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I've seen Unplugged Cabins all over my LinkedIn and I've heard amazing reviews from people in my network. So I'm really excited about this and uh, learning more and I know our listeners will be too. Um, But before we dive into the Unplugged story, uh, let's start with our uh, standard uh, interview questions, but we're going to mix them up a bit for this uh, feature. So please finish these following sentences after me. Well-being means to me feeling content in yourself, which we all should, but is not always the case. A misconception people have about me is that I spend all of my time in cabins offline. Ironically, I spend a lot of time on Zoom calls in the city. I'm sure you do. (laughs) The last time I cried was when? I'll be completely honest. It was actually a couple of weeks ago when I briefly went through a breakup of a two-year relationship. I say briefly because we're now back together, but it was was very sad. She sent me an incredibly gracious message afterwards, and uh, I was was blubbing. So that's the honest truth. Oh, oh, well, I'm so glad you're back together. Thank you for sharing, because I think... uh... One of the things we, we know about well-being is, is it's very important to share your emotions and to talk about things like that because uh, particularly blokes aren't always the best at uh, at letting it all out. And I'm a, I'm a big believer in it, having for many years bottled my emotions and I've been a lot better in recent times about uh, having a good old cry. Um, next question. I look after my mental health by... Spending time offline. That's the big one. Do all the classics, you know, walking. I love um, meditating, et cetera, et cetera. Like we all know what we need to do, right? We need to exercise more, eat eat better. But that all starts with spending time offline because if you're scrolling through your phone all day, then you're just not present. It's much harder to do everything else. So true. And straight after this, I'm going to walk to get my daughter from school because I've had a day of back-to-back zooms and i really just need to be in nature and the sun's shining so no it's very 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 true and um, and finally if there was one thing i could change about entrepreneurship it would be i think probably the the over like it is it is just like almost the cool thing to do these days and you know it's it's obviously a very exciting and, and fun career in many ways but it's a lifestyle choice and you know it there's a lot of shit days as well if I could swear. So, and I think, I, I mean, stuff like your podcast is, is really helping in this space, but I think people 
know that kind of intellectually that it's hard, but but really they think actually that that looks cool and easy, etc. So so yeah, just just demystifying a bit of the the glamour. Yeah, very very true. Um, this answer, I have a feeling we will get this a lot in this series because it's just it's just comes up in conversation so much at the moment because I I, I guess it's you know some of the best companies that are going to have the biggest impact in the world are going to be created by entrepreneurial people and that's wonderful and we definitely want it don't we we want people to go out and build amazing businesses that do good for us in the world but um i think there's still a fair few people that though though they're all into it not really realizing that it's probably not the right sort of environment for them to thrive and i think that's just something that hopefully through more education and really lifting the lid on the realities of startup life and entrepreneurial uh yeah ways of doing things yeah hopefully there'll be less of the le- less of that because there's no shame in not working a startup at the end of the day or, or starting a business it's just not for everyone um brilliant well thank you actor great to uh, yeah already get a snapshot uh into into you and and we'll come on to do that for unplugged but before we do we'd love to just hear a little bit about your earlier career what did you do before and um what led you to start your own business yeah for sure so i was an exec at a, a tech startup. Me and my co-founder were the, the two, we were early employees, like the two first hires on the commercial side, him before me. And to be honest, ended up in startups because I couldn't get on a grad scheme after university and applied to a bunch of random things. No one offered me a job. And a friend of mine was like, why don't you just go work with a startup? And uh, so I sent out 20 job applications and got one offer, which was from this company called Nobly POS. And it's iPad-based till systems. So if you go into a restaurant or a cafe and using iPads and the till. So yeah, fantastic experience. We did the whole, you know, high growth, international expansion, absolute shit show behind the scenes. These things often are, but um, a really amazing learning experience. I was a bit of a jack of all trades, master of none. So I did sales for a year, wasn't great at that. And then I transitioned to products. So running out of the product works, that was fun. Went over to Uruguay where our development team was still wasn't particularly good at I would say and then I ran growth for a year which was effectively marketing and uh, yeah fantastic experience but then I I just got a bit burnt out with it it was you know we were kind of gearing up for a big series A and I I guess I was starting to find less meaning in what we were doing and again although I kind of I think was well suited to the startup environment like I wasn't particularly good at any of the jobs I was doing and so at the recommendation of a friend, I ended up on a silent retreat in the Himalayas in September, 2019. And part of that, I think was a general dissatisfaction with life. Like there was, you know, always very sociable, like going out a lot. And, and that just started to kind of clash with actually really wanting to kind of commit to something and, and do something with, with the startup. So, so yeah, I was, was generally dissatisfied with life. Went to this silent retreat in the Himalayas. It was literally a, a Buddhist temple on the top of a mountain. And the best thing about that is when you get there, they take your phone off you and you just spend 10 days cut off from the outside world. So very cliche, but I came back from that and quit my job a week later to do Unplugged. Wow, incredible. And I guess that experience uh, clearly was a big uh, yeah, big factor in, in, in why you created Unplugged um, and the benefits you, you have from that experience. That's, that's super cool. Um, I guess I'd be interested to know what have you found most surprising um about founder life and when you when you look back to before you set up the business uh what do you wish you'd have known before you'd have gone down that path? uh the the, the chances are different there because i think what has surprised me i 
was very close with the, the founders at the previous startup, so I had seen a lot of their aches and pains, but I was still surprised by how hard it is. Like you always think, I think a lot of founders are very optimistic, which is what makes it possible in the first place. But then that optimism also, you know, gets you thinking, I, I just need to, you know, this, it's just this funny around, then the next one will be easy, or it's just, you know, it gets easier and it, it, it never gets easier. I think that surprised me, even though people told me you, you have to experience it for yourself. The problems just change. I'm glad I didn't know that because you need that naive optimism in the early days to, to really drive you forward. So, so yeah, I would say there's a great expression, beware of wisdom, not earned. And I think that is very true. You have to go through everything yourself. So, you know, you could know this or that, this is going to be hard, this is going to be easy, that you need to, you know, build FOMO during a funding round, like whatever it is. But it's only actually by trying it and inevitably failing at it and then trying it again and then, you know, eventually starting to, to figure it out that you really learn something to your core. So I'm very grateful for all of the naivety in the early days. And I actually think one of the biggest advantages Ben and I have had in this space is we were not from the space because we've seen lots of other companies in the last few years launching concepts who were very strong in one area because it's a space that covers a few different areas. You've got cabins and architecture, you've got land side of things, you've got you know building a consumer brand, then the you know short-term rentals operations. And what what we saw is really strong teams in one or two of those areas that then maybe didn't have the 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 grit and honestly humility to to figure out the other ones. And I think because we couldn't do any of it, we had to we had to figure it all out from the start. So so that's really because you know as you know a huge part of a huge part of it is the staying power, right? It's it's that kind of just pushing through when it when it gets hard, and, and so it helps to be a real beginner in in that sense. No, that's a great answer. Thank you. Um, well, Unplugged has exploded in in the past year or so. I mean, I've seen it a lot. Um, it's been getting incredible reviews but i'm conscious there may be some people listening to this that haven't come across the business so for those listeners um can you share your elevator pitch for for the business and yeah explain a bit more about how the process works very simply we're helping people live happier lives by providing digital detoxes off-grid cabins an hour from city life we're literally putting cabins in the countryside we work with landowners uh, on a revenue share so farms and estates and then people usually from London, but we're starting to spread out across the UK. So it's either you come in your own or you come with your partner. Upon arriving at one of our cabins, it's, you always stay for three nights. And upon arriving, you literally padlock your phones in a box. We give you a map and a Nokia and leave you to it. So th there's no agenda when you're there. And people say that the time goes by really quickly. And what people end up doing is it's just the basics that people walk a lot. They talk a lot. They read, for example. So we just try and make it a space to really do those things well. I think some of the great feedback we get is that it's been years since people actually just read a book in a weekend, you know, and that's, that, that's fantastic feedback, feedback to receive. And so we try and position it somewhere between a retreat and accommodation because there's lots of great accommodation out there, but the problem is, you know, these days you're just, you're just sitting scrolling on your phone and there are these retreats, but a lot of them are very unaccessible. So like this one I did in the Himalayas, like the actual retreat wasn't expensive, but you got to fly to the Himalayas. It's psychologically very inaccessible as soon as you start talking about Buddhism or meditation or whatever it is. Uh, or you've got, you know, digital detox retreats in Dorset that are 3,000 pounds for a week or something like that. So we w really wanted to create something for 
you know, for anyone in the city, it's easy to do, easy to just get out into nature and, and off your phone. So that's us. So good and so important. Um, what well, you mentioned, kind of reading a book, being and and this is one thing why I know I need to book myself on because I love reading. I haven't read a book for pleasure for far too long. If anything, that is one of the biggest reasons for me to do it. But what have been some of the other benefits that, that people have seen from staying in the cabins? So the big one is a change of perception. And some of the criticism we had at, uh, in the early days was this isn't going to work because. You can't change your habits in three days and then it takes 21 days to change your habits. And actually that misses the point because it's not about changing your habits. It's about changing your perception. Most people who, who come and do it haven't spent a day off their phone in the last decade. You know, if you're, if you go as a couple and you've been together for less than 10 years, you probably never spent a day together without your phone. So it's just a real eye opener. The something like some of the feedback we get is I was almost surprised that the world didn't end when you, you kind of log back on afterwards and oh everything's fine like every, everything went on without you and yet we hear so many people being like, i couldn't do that i couldn't couldn't spend three days away so it's a big eye-opener for people and then also it just gives you that level of awareness when you go back into your life uh, about those habits so honestly sometimes you feel more addicted after something like this because you're noticing it more so we almost say it's the first step on the journey and what we found is that when people digital detox, then it makes them crave more time offline, right? So because at the moment, the momentum is very much into spending more and more and more time online. Those screens are getting into every single area of our lives. And so what we're looking to do is send that momentum in another direction. You know, can we get people start craving time offline so that it's not just when they come instead with us in the cabin, but they leave their phone at home when they go to the shops or, you know, if you're a couple, you, you go and spend one night a week having dinner at a restaurant and leave your phone at home. So yeah, it's really about, I almost see us as a behavioral psychology business as, as much as a, a cabin business. And it's really about how can we move society in a different direction. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. And, and really needed. Everyone listening to this will probably be on their phones far too much and go out to restaurants and everyone's on their phone, still not talking to each other. And like, yeah, I think it's, um, can really see how impactful this can be i, I guess it's linked to the, the last point you said about us being right we are all very reliant on our phones and i think that has become addiction for most of us although maybe we don't call it that but it definitely feels like we're addicted to our phones addicted to scrolling addicted to always being on you know um and so therefore the concept of unplug for many will be very daunting so what advice do you have from anybody it's like, I can't be without my phone for an hour, let alone three nights away from, you know, technology. What can you say to them to try and convince them that it's doable? Well, I mean, the obvious thing is just, just come and try it because we've had that so many times and then actually people, people love it afterwards. We've got, um, uh, there are various people who kind of are more anxious before they come and stay and then they'll actually like have a call with one of our team and, and that helps in the process. So we're here to help if, if anyone does want a bit of coaching into it. But also outside of that, it just starts small. You know, if you feel like you can't come and do three nights in a cabin with us, then leave your phone at home and go for a walk and do half an hour and, and build up to it. And I think the biggest mistake, challenge, whatever you want to call it with this is just that kind of negative narrative that we all have when we spend too long on our phone or whatever it is of, of just this kind of disgust with ourselves. The other thing I would say is just just be kind to yourself, you know? Like it is tricky, they are addictive, but 
just you know celebrate the small wins, start small, get out of sight as well. There's some amazing research that even having your phone present, even though it's just on the table, it reduces the empathy between two people and it also reduces your IQ. So people will perform worse on the IQ test if there is a phone switched off on the table, which is crazy. So it really is out of sight, out of mind. So yeah, just just get it get it away however I be. Great, great advice. And I know that Unplugged's become really popular with with companies that are offering the experience as part of a, a well-being benefit um, to to employees. So, can you share a bit more about sort of how you've seen businesses roll this out successfully? I guess for for anyone listening that might be thinking, oh, this could be a really good addition to our benefits. So th- this one happened nice and organically. We always thought there might be an interesting B two B angle, but didn't know what it was. And then a bunch of companies got in touch uh, early last year, last spring just asked if they can offer as an employee benefits. We now have 16 companies who provide each of their employees one stay a year as an employee benefit. And there's a whole host of you know reasons why that is that one company has balance as one of their values. And the founder said to me, like, I, I just I literally couldn't find anything out there that actually sends that message. Because it's one thing saying that you value something as a company and having it written up on the wall somewhere. But actually taking action towards proving that is much harder to do. So, so that's been really interesting. Uh, and then we get a lot of founders who themselves are very bought into the idea that spending time offline, you, you come back better. So I think the more people realize that, I, I'm a big believer in that clearly, the more it's, it's seen as something that's additive to the company rather than something that's a, almost a concession to employees. I feel like some companies feel like they're giving something away when they send their employees off for um, a few days. And again, it shouldn't be about the company. It's about the the happiness and the well-being of the person, right? Like companies are, are groups of people, right? It, it's, it's, it's tricky because it's almost hard to measure the benefits. And, you know, a lot of companies are very data-driven. Everything has to have a justified ROI. But the you know, the benefits are massive. If you've got people who you can start off on this journey and you know, everyone is thinking about this, then suddenly that's what people are talking about at lunch, right? Like how do we move away from this culture of expecting everyone to reply to every message straight away and become more mindful of our own habits, but also our employees, you know? You might think twice before sending emails all the way through the night or, or whatever it is. So I think there's some really interesting trickle-down effects as we see companies start to implement this. So yeah, I'm, we're super excited about that and, and how that will grow. Amazing. Well, any founders listening to this or HR leaders listening to this that want to, uh, to, to reach out, to, to, to please do, because I think it will benefit uh, you know the broader ecosystem if we have um, yeah more of us switching off uh, and doing digital detoxes. I think like me, and, and I'm sure many of our audience, you've experienced burnout and you mentioned that fatigue at the end of your, sort of your time in your previous startup. C- can you share a bit more about your experience of that and, and particularly what you noticed the symptoms were? Because I think there's probably a lot of people listening to this that might actually be in the throes of uh, burning out, but not necessarily really aware of it. Um, so I think that'd be helpful to explore. I think what you said last there is super important, which is, you know, Burnout, we maybe think of as this thing where someone completely flames out. But actually, the, the way I think about it is, is it's a much broader thing, really, right? And and actually, it's if you look at it through that broader lens, there's much more out there than we think. And, and actually, it's really just, you know, not being your best 
I think as soon as you start to lose that, that kind of joy for life, and as soon as you start to feel almost like work as a chore and you start to feel weighed down by life, you, you are not turning up your best for work and you're not turning up best for yourself, for your colleagues or anything. And then, you know, there, there are companies where that's everyone, right? And the, the crazy thing about it is if one person is burnt out, that affects everyone around them. Right? So if everyone's burnt out, that's, it's just this kind of compounding. Uh, I uh, shared, a, shared a flat with someone who was paralegaling in a law firm a few years ago. And the whole company, I think it was a 100, 150 person commercial property law firm. I won't, won't name them, but don't know the name anyway. And uh, the, the whole company was just on the verge of burnout. I think and the, the issue is that in that situation, when you're really busy and you feel behind, because that's a big part of burnout as well, it feels like you're struggling to keep up, then you know our, our default reaction there is just to get busier. So I think in my last year, to talk specifically at this tech startup, I was doing this job that I, I wasn't great at, I'll be honest. Um, and I probably felt a bit insecure about that. You know, wasn't getting the results that I wanted or should have been. And so I overcompensated by working harder and, and you know, just, just being busy. I was doing public speaking class in the evening, still kind of social idea a lot. And I was just, just going busier and busier because I thought that I needed to add something. And back to your very early question about well-being, I think so much of looking after well-being is not adding, it's subtracting, right? It's like taking, if you take away all the things that bring the suffering, then, you know, all we're left with, like, I'm a big believer that in there, humans are content and happy. And it's just all the crap that we layer on, all the traumas and the busyness and on whatever it is. So, yeah, I, I think it's difficult because when people, companies are on the verge of burnout, then it's just this this busyness epidemic. So the tricky thing is is recognizing it and, and doing something about it. Absolutely. And and for you, what, what did your recovery look like when you did burnout? What changes have you made since to the way you work to hopefully avoid future uh, chances of burning out. Well, so, so I'm fairly low st- stress generally, but then in the summer of 2019, I was I was stressed out. Like I could feel stress in my body, which is you know the first time that had really happened to me. So I I really felt like there was an issue, and I'd been meditating a bit, using Headspace, etc. I listened to enough podcasts to to realize that meditation was a way out of that. So I started something called Transcendental Meditation, which is 20 minutes twice a day, and that that just work like magic honestly really from the kind of first week it made a huge difference still had that kind of dissatisfaction inside of myself but what it did and, and what i find that you know, digital detoxing meditation all of these things once you get one of these right then it starts to propel you into other good habits so then two months later i went to the sign of a retreat in the himalayas a week after that i quit my job a week after that or a month after that i had um, quit drinking after 10 years of a pretty complicated relationship with with uh, alcohol and, and drugs, and so it was just this all, all happened quite rapidly for me. And obviously, that's not always the way, but it's again, it's, it's just this momentum thing. Just just get just just start to do something. And you know, they say the best meditation habit is the one you can do daily, and it's it's like that with any sort of well being. But don't worry about you know, getting up at 4 a.m. and doing a cold shower and going for a two-hour walk and coming back and meditating for three hours. Like, just just start small and just just do something that you can manage every day. So I think that is really important. My, my biggest bit of advice for overcoming burnout would be just do less. Like, you don't need to do as much as you can do. And so just, just slow down. It is hard to slow down, though, isn't it, when you're a founder and you have 
thousand, a thousand things coming at you. Um, and we all know the roller coaster emotions that come with kind of life. So, uh, do you have any advice for particularly founders, particularly early stage founders that are listening that, uh, you know, that, that, that might be trying to juggle that? Is there anything else that you just think they should, particularly that group of people should just think about if they feel themselves going towards that burnout phase? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's the same again, which is slow down because the, again, it's with like everything about being a founder is the same problems, but times by a hundred, you know, just, just due to the intensity of it. And again, there is just this, you know, imposter syndrome is, is so prevalent. It's hard, hard not to be in the early days. You're seeing all these success stories on LinkedIn, whatever it is. And so you just feel like you have to throw yourself into work. The other tough thing about being a founder is, you know, there's always loads of things that need fix it, you know, and, and that never finishes. What I would say is like, you can take a step back because it's, it's by slowing down that you, by going a bit slower, you're going to go much faster in the long term. And looking back, I've got that wrong plenty of times. And the times I've been least effective as a founder, I've been the busiest. I've been kind of throwing myself into stuff. And, you know, it's always taken like going off and spending some time offline somewhere and just being like, what am I doing? Like, I'm just, I'm being super ineffective. And it, it's almost trying to like compensate for that, like realizing that you're, you could be doing better. And there's a great little book called uh, Parkinson's Law, which is written by a British naval historian in the 1950s or something. And Parkinson's Law, very simply, is work expands to fill the time available. And what he talks about is, you know, basically, we just create work. And what I realized in my last year at this tech startup when I was running growth is 95% of what I did was a complete waste of time. Didn't move the needle at all. And I am a lot more effective than I was then. But I still reckon 90% of what I do is a waste of time. You know, honestly, like there's there's a, a couple of consequential things I do each day. The rest, rest of it really doesn't need to be done. Like, so I think it's, um, there's a, another good book called Essentialism, which again, simple idea that just do the essential. And like founders drown in, you know, all of the extra stuff. And a lot of it just doesn't need to be done. Obviously there are some edge cases, but generally i'd say that's the case yeah it's wise words as uh, i think probably something i needed to hear today and i hope i hope others uh, others listening to you can can benefit from that thank you thank you for sharing i really think what you're doing is so important and i'm sure lots of our listeners will be getting in touch to book digital detoxes after after hearing this and um, and i really hope that it won't just be the those experiences but it's also that bringing it into our everyday lives which you mentioned which is, is kind of a big part of that changing of the habit in terms of thinking about how we can sort of repair that broken relationship with we have a technology as a whole it's quite hard to escape technology um but but maybe particularly thinking about founders uh, you know that are listening to this or employers that are listening to this is there anything you would advise in terms of how we can get our teams to switch off a little bit more, look after their well-being better, not be online as much. Is, is there anything you think that would just be worth sharing to try and drive some slightly better behaviors and habits around that sort of stuff? I think, I mean, first it's just setting boundaries and, and also setting the example, right? Like you can say a million things, but fundamentally it's about what you do. And one of the anecdotes I love is that Stuart Butterfield, the founder of Slack, <clears throat> bans anyone from being on the company snack outside and working hours, which I think is great. And again, you know, companies are remote, they're all the way around the world these days. So that might not be feasible to have to have fixed hours. But 
it's just taking that idea right of just setting boundaries and just really you know acting to show that it's important to people and uh, and doing it yourself you know so don't be afraid to take time off and to just kind of model that and the other thing is you know encourage people to do it themselves like like send people away uh, you hear about managers kind of banning people from checking their emails on holiday like, i think that's great you know because it comes from a place of you know love and care and and fundamentally that's the best thing for anyone like a team member is going away because they're burn out and they need a rest so you ask them to check this or that or their way then it, you know that that's not good for anyone especially not them but also for you because they're going to come back you know not rested and burn out again in, in the next two weeks i think the the key is just to prioritize it you know just to prioritize it and do it like how you build the company and, and how you communicate about these things really really great advice again Thank, thanks so much Hector. um I, I, before we come to a close i, I just want to talk a bit more about you know the business is is going so well, um, and we we've already shown that how how rapidly it's expanding and how many companies are, are sort of getting involved as well. But what what have been the highlights for you since you started the business? What's been the kind of standout moment? Um, and I guess I'd also love to hear sort of what what you've got coming down the line in the future. What we can all look forward to when it comes to uh, unplugged. So in terms of the highlights, <clears throat> I was reflecting on this at the end of last year that every year. When I look back, we've been going for three years now. The highlight of the year is inevitably to do with a person who we brought on. So it's, oh, we, you know, started working with this person or this person. Or, and and I'm just realizing as we go that a company, as I said earlier, it is just a group of people. And so who you have as part of that company, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a small cog in the machine now. The, the biggest highlight has just been the people that uh, have, have joined to come along for the ride. And, and that continues to be the biggest source of strength uh, for me, but but also for, for Ben and, and I think the others in the team as well. So yeah, really seeing the team get behind it, but also just, just, just people outside of the team as well. I think it's an amazing thing to, you know, just to hear someone excited about what you're doing. Like a lot of people have got behind this as a concept. A lot of people come and have an amazing time. Uh, and so it does just feel like, you know, we're doing the right thing and we're, I don't know, on, on the road to make it happen, I guess. So there's a satisfaction in that. And then there's a lot of joy in you know, the people involved along the way. And then in terms of what's next from us, yeah, we're super early in the space. That's going to be massive. Like you know, we're only going to get more addicted to our devices. And so there's always going to be huge scope for space to get away from that. So if we can really create a category around unplugging, and it looks like a lot more of what we're doing now, we want to spread out across the UK, you know, go to, to Europe and beyond. But but I also think we want to go much, much deeper in this market. And that might look like, you know, other unplugged experiences. It might look like, you know, more things between your cabin stays, dinners, evenings, wh whatever it is. Uh, and and yeah, I think really just, just listening to customers to see what people need because it really feels like there's an opportunity to create a movement around this. And I think people underestimate how malleable the future is, you know, like we, we think that it's all predetermined, but actually by existing, you know, if we can normalize digital detoxing, which is very much our mission, then that does move society in a different direction. I think that's really the goal from us. So yeah, the big focus in the next five, 10 years is can we normalize this in society and can we create a more unplugged society as a result? Amazing. Um, and just to bring it back to what we always 
like to do, which is also talk about some of the harder bits of the journey and the, the biggest learnings. What have been the, the biggest challenges thus far uh, and, and biggest kind of things that you've been able to yeah, learn from? Early days, you know, we very much just kind of got a cabin up and running to, to see what would happen. Made a ton of mistakes. So there was, there was lots of, you know, during a pandemic, we were running out of solar power in July and we had, we had all sorts of issues in the early days. And me and Ben were, were cleaning the cabin as well at that time. So that was super challenging, but I think there's so much like, uh, it's so fun those early days as well, right? Like it's so that, that definitely got us through. Again, I think one of my strengths as an entrepreneur, but also weaknesses is I'm relentlessly optimistic. So made it all possible um, in the early days, but it's also meant that <clears throat> I've drastically mismanaged our cash on various occasions. And so we've, we've really been through some pretty hairy uh, cash crunches and that's tough, that's tough, and especially when you've got a team, all of these kind of things. So yeah, in, in, in much better shape these days, but uh, definitely had a few uh, few anxious anxious evenings trying to figure out where the, the, the next cash is going to come from. So, but yeah, all, all part of the process. Thanks for sharing. I think it's good for anyone listening to this that might be going through similar trials and tribulations to hear that we're all we're all human and we do make mistakes, but it's all part of the, the fun and games of uh, building a business. And uh, it's amazing to hear, you know, all the success you've had and, and long make it continue, Hector. And um, we're, we're sadly sort of at our three wrap up questions. So in one sentence, what does the future hold for Unplugged? We will normalize digital detoxing. Simple and brilliant. Um, if you could be mentored by anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and why? My family sometimes, as a joke, call me Gandhi. Uh, and so I'd have to go for Gandhi because I think, again, a bit of a cliche, but he, a, he, was, he was just a brilliant strategist, you know, with, with how he dealt with the British. Uh, and also, I think he genuinely did everything from unconditional compassion. And I really think compassion is a superpower and it can it can guide you through a lot of things in life. So yeah, I would love to meet the great man. Sadly, that probably won't be happening, and and, and a lot of things to love that. As somebody that wrote the dissertation on Gandhi's assassination, I have a, a lot a lot of time for that answer. Uh, Finally, um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received that you would like to leave our listeners with? Yeah, lots of great advice. But a few months before the startup journey, I was. Uh, member of Toastmasters Public Speaking Club and one of the members there said to me after I didn't place in a uh, speaking competition she said you're only competing with yourself and that is something I've gone back to time and time again because it's so true you know I think we spend so much time looking out that you know we can we really benefit from just looking in. Great place to end it thank you so much I think we we all need to hear that so thank you very much um, it's been a pleasure Hector thanks for all you're doing to help us digitally detox. Um, I really hope our listeners will uh, check out Unplug. I know I need to too, so uh, feel free to hold me to account on this one. Look forward to booking a stay at some point soon. Uh, but thank you so much for taking the time and uh, yeah, wishing you all the very best for, for the year ahead. Well, the tour has been a joy. Thanks, James. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and I really hope that you're enjoying this new feature series and that you've taken lots away from Hector's candid mentorship. I'm convinced we could all benefit from a digital detox once in a while. So if, like me, you love the sound of Unplugged, make sure you check out the links that we've left in the show notes.
And if you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to hit follow or subscribe and do forward this on to any colleague or friend that you think will enjoy it. We really appreciate your support. See you next Wednesday for even more pocket-sized mentorship. Thank you.